Hey, everybody. This is the AGC Podcast. My name is Brian. I and my friend and tenure veteran of the NBA, Mason Plumley, who is here with me virtually. Uh, we are uh, founding AGC, and we're a startup that's passionately pursuing the creation of a more generous future. Welcome again to another Insights episode where we are discussing a uh, episode from the uh, earlier in the week. This week, we're talking about Greg Lutzi's uh, episode. He's the co-founder of Visco. Uh, before we talk about this, let me talk about the big reason we're doing this podcast. Mason knows this, but the Clippers are undefeated whenever we record one of these episodes. And so, you know, last night's game did not go exactly the way we wanted to. There's a big game tomorrow. Steve Ballmer, you know, gave me an emergency phone call uh, last night, you know, knowing knowing the podcast record, we got to record this. And so uh, here we are, whatever I can do to, to serve the team, uh, we, we're, we're here to make it happen. I'm How good, are you, man, Mace? Good to do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> are you superstitious to that degree? Not at all, about but I was really curious if, I know Draymond dropped a podcast after game one. And I didn't check oh, did he to really? see if you dropped one after game two, but I was really <laughs> <laughs> after the stomp. I was really curious. They might have. What uh, you know? It's funny. I I um, you know, you obviously are a Duke fan. Um, I kind of grew up as a Duke fan. I have some people in my life. You know, Duke is a very polarizing uh, school, and there's a there's another very famous stomp in the history of basketball that 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 Draymond stop uh, resembled back in what was it was it 91 yeah, different eras uh, different um <laughs> different recourse for the <laughs> <laughs> do you like basketball back then when you know uh, did they, did he get a foul for that did Leitner get it I'm referencing oh, the I, Christian no, Leitner, I know what you're talking uh, about I, I can't stop. remember what happened yeah but, before, but I, I'm certain he he did not get ejected yeah, I know so that like next play yeah he definitely didn't get suspended either yeah Whereas with Draymond, uh, you know, sensitivities are at a place of like people want to launch a full blown investigation as to like whether or not he should be, you know, like charged yeah. with a, with a <laughs> violent crime or something like that. <laughs> How do you what it what is uh what's the biggest difference between regular season and playoff uh basketball? Um, to me the um the way the game's officiated, I, I just think that a, a lot of the um, foul baiting that goes on in the regular season, it just doesn't get rewarded in the, in the playoffs. Um, and, and then to me that it's such a fun from a competitive standpoint, it's such a fun challenge to, to see the same team again and again and again and again. So like, by there, yeah. there's no like tricks or surprises or what it's, it's basically, I know what you're trying to get to, you know what we're trying to get to. And, and let's see, um, let's see who comes out on top. So, like to me, it's I love. There's like the NCAA tournament is like a special thing, and and there's nothing else like it. But to me, also, if there's nothing like the NBA playoffs, it's just like, right. it's not the the Olympics where it's one and done. It's like uh, I've heard, you know, Greg Popovich told me once after we played. I was in Denver and we played the Spurs and. I had a call with him. He was like, you can't finish an NBA playoff series, lose and say we were the better team. <laughs> it was like, it was like, mm. <laughs> you know, cause a mm. lot of time in those yeah. other, in those other tournaments or right. he's like, if you beat a team in a seven game series, you are the better team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing too, to see things like, I mean, the tensions escalate. Like I would just, before we hopped on, I saw, I don't know if it was like house of highlights or something, but like Russ and Katie, 
you know, uh, chirping at each other a little bit in last night's game and being like, okay, I got to see that guy in 48 hours. You know, it's not like, okay, we'll see you in February when we come back and play again. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the episode with Greg, uh, co-founder of Visco. Really appreciate his time, and I thought he was just really, really insightful. Um, here, here's the key insight uh, I wanted us to focus on from that. It's this: it requires commitment to wed generosity with beauty. It requires commitment to wed generosity with beauty, or we could also even just elaborate a little bit: wed generosity with creativity. You know, it's interesting because kind of what this is overflowing from is I think a lot of times when we think about generosity, we think of it in terms of efficiency. Like, how do we get it over with? If, if we're just honest, like, that's why I feel you come up on Christmas and I've got four kids and a wife and parents and a sibling, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, how do I get kind of this uh, done? Right. Or um, yesterday was uh, tax day, and and so like you think about how a lot of times when we think about giving money away, it's like okay, I want to give away X number of dollars to maximize tax efficiency, but creativity and beauty are fundamentally inefficient enterprises, right? Like if you've ever been around an artist or somebody who's creative, they're usually um, beautifully, frustratingly inefficient and <laughs> nonlinear in their thinking and in their process. And so there's a commitment then to cultivate beautiful, creative generosity. And I think, I think Greg did a really great job um, articulating that tension. Mason, I feel like one of the things I have loved learning about you as we have become uh, closer and closer friends is you are somebody who loves like art and creativity and creative people uh has it always been that way in your life or where where, where did that begin for me it really started in when i got drafted to new york um and and a couple of my Hmm. friends uh were were really plugged into the art community so they started taking me to studios and and uh galleries and and uh, openings and museums and and that's what really got me pulled into it and then um yeah, to your point, it's like, uh, I think, you know, to, to, to have the, um, interest to be generous is one thing, but to, you know, talk in, in some of our previous podcasts, like if you want to put a, a touch to it, that, that is creative, that goes a little above and beyond, that's a little more personal. Like it's not necessarily great to have a deadline for that. Like it, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you can have, have the heart for it <laughs> yeah. let it, let it figure itself out in a way. And, um, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's more challenging, but I think more rewarding and, and more exciting, um, as, as a receiver as well. Can you think of a time where, um, I know you've told some stories before, but is there, is there, is there a particular gift that you can think of that's like had that level of touch of like, Oh, you weren't just getting it over with. You were like really thinking for me. And this was like a really beautiful experience. Um, Yeah. I'll I'll give credit to my, um, one of my good friends here in LA, his name's Henry Taylor. And he's, um, he's a really well known artist, um, in the, in the art community, but he, uh, it, you know, it's not, it's not even a a gift per se, but he ended up painting me and it was, um, I got, I got elbowed, Hmm. uh, in the head when I was playing against the bucks the last year 
and I had blood coming all down my face. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that he, game. For, for whatever <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah. Dude, there, there was some, uh, that, the, the, some of the images that came out of that were. Well, his is the best because I was, never, <laughs> I, I was never looking for like a, you know, a self portrait or to be painted, but like just the fact be, I, I think a lot of it too has to do with like his, um, you know, his, his, who he is, but like, uh, when he decided to yeah. paint me, I'm like, man, that is, that is really cool. And, and if it, you know, it doesn't mm. even have to hang in my house or anything, but, um, to me, those, you know, like artists, they, they direct and drive the culture and, and people, I think there's like a, a healthy, like, um, like, I don't know if you'd say reverence or jealousy for like the art community and how they kind of decide what, what's what or, or what's in and um you know that like how they uh yeah like how like kind of it's it feels like seven people get in a room and determine what is worth 10 million dollars and what is not for worth sure anything. for sure and um you know the thing i, I appreciated from greg from uh, greg's podcast was when uh i think it was his mom said it you know it's it's actually selfish to 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 hold back what you've mm. created because I do know, a, you know, a handful of artists who <laughs> you go in their studios or, you know, some of their warehouses and they just have just numerous works that, that have never been seen by museums, galleries, by, by anybody really. And, uh, you know, I'd mm. be curious what their, what their, um, uh, response to, to that would be, but like, yeah, as, as an art fan and as a, as a, as a fan of, of creatives. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see everything. Yeah. I feel like you're a really thoughtful gift giver. Uh, also like, did you just acquire that through being in the league and being around other people who are, who are good at that? But like, like, I, I, I like, I, I don't feel like you're somebody who's just purely like, Hey, let me just get somebody a gift card. Let's get this thing over with. Like, it feels like you really want, um, there to be like a kind of a, a touch of beauty and not just efficiency in the way you give for gifts. sure. But I, I think like to what I, what I was trying to say earlier is like, I definitely sacrifice like being punctual with it <laughs> because like, I, I'd rather, I'd rather get it right or like do, get something that I, you know, yeah. both sides feel good about than to just like check the box. So <laughs> like if anybody got my, yeah. my, uh, Christmas and New Year's mail out. It was, it was only a month late this year, so. <laughs> but it was totally uh, worth waiting for. It was, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful, thoughtful gift. Um, you know, it's funny as he was, he, as he was talking, or as Greg was talking, um, I've had this like weird intersection of experiences, and we've never talked about this before. But so I figured let's talk about it while we're recording. Um, but you know, I was listening to Greg talk. And then we have our good friend, Josh Perez, who's a very good gift giver, like very good at putting like an artistic touch on like what he gives. And he gave me this book. I have it right here. And it's called um, A Man and His Watch. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but it's a book about famous guys and their watches and, and giving watches. And I had told him I'd had this conversation with him maybe like three months ago. This is where Josh is great. I don't know if he has a system for this or not. We'll have to have him on to ask the question, but like, he always really he'll like file something away and then he'll give you something that's the overflow of that conversation like three months later. So I'd had this conversation with him like three months ago and I'd said, you know, I've always been compelled by the idea of watches. I don't really understand why they're so expensive. Is it like a 
Is it like the mechanics? Is like I'm just super ignorant about that. I haven't been in that world, although I'm intrigued by it. But I told him I was like, I've always loved the idea of, you know, I, I kind of wish like my grandfather had given me a watch or my dad had a watch or something like that. I never had that experience. But I was like, well, maybe I'll start it. You know, maybe I'll start it and I'll get a watch and I'll give it to my son uh, someday. And he gave me this book uh, a couple of days ago. But even as I'm reading through these different stories and seeing these guys talk about, you know, these different watches and how much they mean to them and, you know, even just the beauty of the photography and putting in this hardbound, uh, hard, hardbound book, it's, it's like, real, like I, it's funny. I think, like, if I had read this a month ago, I might have been even a little bit more cynical than now on the other side of even listening to Greg talk to be like, yeah, probably like uh, a watch, right, is – you know, especially a watch like these compared to like an Apple watch or something like that is maybe seems a little overpriced or seems a little inefficient or seems a little, you know, like, well, why don't I just get this, which would have, you know, generate more efficiency or output. But I think I'm trying to, even in my own life, uh, embrace the commitment of wedding generosity with beauty. And the overflow of it was that I was texting Josh about which watch I should get up until like midnight last night. And then I finally bought nice. one. So you, one is coming on Friday and I can't wait on? to show it off. What did I land on? Oh gosh. Hold on. This is, let me pull it up real quick. I pulled up my, my text thread. I got a, a psycho. Is, am I saying that right? S E I K. Yeah. That's, I know the brand. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I also don't know. I feel okay. like all watch brands. I have my pronunciation in my head and then there's it's yeah. Okay. So I got, I'll, I'll show this, this won't do any good, but I got, um, it's this like super classic. Can you see oh, this yeah. right here? Yeah. Right there. That's clean. Um, and what was, what was really funny about it was I posted on Instagram today, the picture of this watch book. And then all of a sudden I was flooded by comments of people who were also watch collectors and they're like, are you getting into watches? What watch did you get? And then I showed them this watch, which I feel like is like, you know, a fairly expensive watch and. And it's kind of interesting. I actually got it to commemorate kind of a, a like a, a major milestone in my life that happened. Um, like I just had a year of something that is a story for another time. And so, um, and I was like, man, I thought I like, I went above and beyond and I had a bunch of people telling me it's a great uh, starter watch. <laughs> I had somebody <laughs> comment to me today. They were like, that's kind of like the Honda of watches. I was like, I don't, is, is that a compliment? Is it not? But oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, yeah, the watch community is fascinating. It definitely falls under like, creatives and I, I feel like there's so many yeah there's like the ones that have like sentiment sentimental value that you pass down through generations and then i've even seen like <laughs> i met a guy in the middle east who bought like 20 pateks a year because they like they close deals i guess i don't <laughs> it's like yeah just yeah, yeah. i keep them on yeah, standby yeah. i have a meal. like i feel like in the <laughs> in the east in the middle east it's like a, a very common like high-end business gift are you are you a watch guy? Like, I know you're interested in them. I don't know if I ever see you wearing them. You know, I'm, just I'm missing a them? big fan of certain watch brands. Um, you know, I, I don't like collect myself. I think, you know, one thing I, I did when I graduated college is I, I had some actually uh, custom dials made on watches. It's, mm. it's actually surprisingly hard to like customize a watch. Um, but, but I found somebody that could do it and I put like the blue devil, like a blue devil cutout on the on the mm. top of a skeleton face and um and then gifted it to like some people who would help me academically get through <laughs> get through college 
And, and it's like amazing. <laughs> like even going back to um, kind of the gift, giftology conversation we had, like how much mm-hmm. like I see the, those people back on campus 10, 10, 12 years later, and they still are like, it's like watches you don't throw away. So it's like a, it's, it's yeah. kind of a, a sticky gift, if you will. But, um, you know, I had forgotten yeah. that I had given them to them and, and you see them wearing it and you're like, oh man, that's, that's really cool. That's such a cool story and example. And I think like, is like, yeah, that's, a, that's probably a soup. Uh, I can't imagine the amount of work. I mean, you, you talked about how difficult it is. Um, I, like, you know, the expense, the inefficiency, you, I'm sure you could have done a bunch of other things much quicker and with less headache that would have made somebody feel appreciated. But gosh, the differentiation that comes with beauty and creativity where, you know, what gift does somebody still have three months after they get it, let alone a decade after no, they for get sure. it? I think that's like an amazing testimony to that reality. Yeah, and to me, like, I, I really love the retailers that allow you to like put a personal touch on things. Like it's not, I don't know. Yeah. To your point, it wasn't easy. It took way too long and it was like, it was, it was kind of a pain in the butt, but what, once, once you get to the end of it, like, um, it was, it was worth it. I know I was looking at in this, again, in this, uh, this watch book that like I'll, I'll probably finish tonight because I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. The very first thing it has on it, I guess the first, the first watch entry is this Rolex that Paul Newman has that apparently is this like very famous, watch that you know people spend their entire life trying to just see and be in the presence of but his, his wife gave it to him and in the inscription she put on it was <laughs> drive slowly that's great that's great <laughs> drive slowly and this is joanne and i'm just yeah that's uh so um yeah was there anything else we're, we're almost at we try to keep this at about 20 minutes so i'm gonna i'll, I'll, I'll start wrapping up but was there anything else from that episode that jumped out to you that you wanted to, to hit on or share? No, I just, you know, I, I really appreciated his, um, you know, just sharing like, uh, you know, kind, kind of the challenges, you know, even though if it's not directly on theme with, with what we're doing, like the challenges of being a founder and, and what he's, mm, uh, yeah. what he's learned along the way and, you know, the pressure to return money and like all, you know, and I thought it was really cool. Like to me, it always says something about something like he's had success and then his willingness to like coach and mentor people thereafter is like, thought that was so cool yeah yeah no i thought that was really good too right like um the intersection of somebody who's you know i i don't know him super well but just comes off as being healthy right like having a healthy life but also being super successful and wedding those together i think like that's where i almost wanted that episode to go three hours but he was gracious to (laughs) give us 45 minutes i feel like the the other thing i um i just thought a lot about was where he <clears throat> he talks about how like the black belt is the white belt who never quit <laughs> yes. and just that just that determination and that grit and just like okay i'm just gonna keep figuring this out and keep showing up and is just is is such a proverb of like people who make it no that was yeah that was i, I love that that reference yeah all right i'll land this plane um we will be cheering you on tomorrow. Hopefully, this uh, streak continues. I think y'all play again Friday night. No, yep, we're gonna Friday play Thursday, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Sorry, my days are all thrown off. You're playing tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, and then Saturday. So if uh, if if this if this recording leads to a victory tomorrow night, we can do an emergency <laughs> pod 
uh, Friday, <laughs> Friday as well. Whatever the Clippers need, I kind of see myself as an honorary, you know, thirteenth man yeah. in the rotation to bring yeah, we'll home find the title. To talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks for hopping on, Maze.